Human Docs. We are so excited to welcome you to our 10th episode of Peds in a Pod. As always, we are your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. And David Rayburn. And we're combined emergency medicine and pediatric residents at Indiana University. And this is our board-reviewed podcast focused on high-yield review topics for the pediatric boards. We follow the content outline and study recommendations set forth by the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the general pediatrics board exam. For this episode, we have some great topics lined up for you, including growth and development pearls. Uh, We're going to visit the critical care corner with Dr. Hobson to talk about shock. And then we're going to do a brief review of infectious diarrhea with your hosts, myself and Ashley. And then don't forget about cootie shots and the milestone minute to round us out. We're almost through all of the milestones. It's really I know. We only got a couple more. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty awesome. Especially for me. (laughs) Yeah, because then you can stop doing it. Uh, Recently, uh, we actually topped over 100,000 downloads, which all of our Twitter followers would know. Um, and if you're not following us on Twitter, you should. We are at Peds in a Pod for additional yeah, con- content. Considering we started this as more of for ourselves, a little bit selfish, and for the residents in our program, it's for board review because we were just like, we need something else. And now it's become so much more than that. And I am amazed every day when we have new Twitter followers and new people downloading us that just hear through the grapevine and... Uh, over 100,000. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm, you know, we're recording today a new type of recording so that we can keep this going for next year because uh, I am moving to a different city than David. So currently we're not even in the same room. It's the first ever podcast recorded. What's the word? Uh, remotely. remotely. It's, we're really stepping up here. And congratulations to Dr. Grigsby, who is uh, going to be taking a job out in Arizona next year. Yep, and David Rayburn for having a little baby. <laughs> Which I did take the baby out of the room or else we were going to have lots of baby sound effects today. Yeah, I can kind of hear him crying, but I, I hear Uncle Uncle is taking taking over. Hey, Uncle's got to step up today. <gasps> All right, All right well, should, we, should we do have a case? case? We have a case, yeah. All right, um, I think that this was your case that you had in clinic recently. Classic clinic patient <laughs> at the round out your day. It's not complex at all, I'm sure, right? Oh, it was kind of exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, right. Tell us about it. The last patient of the day, three forty-five or four o'clock, something like that. Two and a half year old with a new limp. Hmm. The differential is pretty short on that, right? It was like, <laughs> we are in clinic. I'm tired, and it's the end of the day, so it was very difficult. So we were going to talk about what kind of you should do to evaluate the limping child, which I think from an emergency medicine standpoint, I'm actually decent at, but in the clinic, it was, it was tricky. Right. Because you don't have all of those tools at your disposal that you do in the emergency department. So you have to decide, does this person need to go to the emergency department? What can I do here to further evaluate them? So maybe, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to get the history. We want to see if there's anything that, did he have a fall Um, are there other, like, is he complaining of other things, vomiting, diarrhea, stuff like that, that could clue us in. And then obviously physical exam too, right? Yep. And the biggest thing is to look at not only orthopedic problems, because that's the easy thing is you think, oh, is it the hip? Is it the knee, the foot? You want to look all the way down the whole leg on both sides. Is there something in the foot? Like I've had some limping kids with like a little sliver in their toe and that's why they're limping because they don't want to step on their toe. But other things to think about 
Uh, his seemed to be right-sided, so we were worried a little bit about appendicitis can cause a limp in a kid that basically from psoas inflammation and testicular torsion, so you always got to look at the test- testes. And then, of course, the thing that keeps us all up at night, the septic hip. The septic hip. It sucks because it's the most common joint to become septic in children, and it's also the most difficult joint to evaluate for and he's per- he's the perfect age too, right? Like it's typically in this two year range where you see it. Yes, is that true? <laughs> it is. I'm literally looking at it right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, you're right. Yes, it's true. Uh, and actually, more males to females as well. So there's that. Right. So I mean, two two hits already. Did you think he had appendicitis? No, I didn't. He looked pretty good actually. Okay. And then how does hip range? It was normal. Right. So if you can range their hip, does that exclude septic arthritis? Not at all. Right, which is terrifying. In no way, yeah. In no way does it do anything for you. So the nice thing is there are actually some criteria for septic hip called the Coker criteria, K-O-C-H-E-R. And this is what I ended up doing because the kid looked pretty good. And one of the more common causes is transient synovitis, which – goes away with ibuprofen and takes a couple days. It's a viral cause, whatever. doesn't matter. But we worry about the septic hip. So what we ended up doing was he would bear weight. So there are four things to your COCA criteria. Refusal to bear weight gets you a point. Uh, Temperature greater than uh, 138.5 gets you a point. And an ESR greater than 40 gets you a point. And a white blood cell count greater than 12,000 gets you a point. And then basically you have to you see how many points your kid your patient has and then that you can decide if they um, warrant further workup for their possible septic hip. So I got labs, they were normal. We sent him home on ibuprofen and we'll see how he does. It was li- literally a couple days ago, so I still don't know exactly what's going on. But just so you know, if you only have one Coker criteria, your chance of septic arthritis is 3%. If you have two, it's 40%. If you have three out of four points, it's actually 93%, and the same for four. So those kids, really, a, a Coker criteria of two probably deserves an emergency department evaluation. And this is weird with us recording remotely, but we're still on the same page because I literally was going to cover the percentages. <laughs> I had them ready to go over. So I'm glad that even though we're not in the same place, we're still thinking about the same thing. You got it. All right. You know, obviously we worry about the, the septic joint. I think that um, our ortho colleagues definitely rely on the COCA criteria when they're worried about a septic joint as well. Can imaging rule out a septic joint? No, you have to like put a needle in it. Exactly, and what? And I think uh, the one one for his age group would be Staph aureus that we would be worried about most. Um, but certainly in your teenagers, you got to consider stuff like gonorrhea, and then you know other weird stuff too. If they have an effusion, like JIA, for instance, you can have the polyarticular JIA, which is again more confusing to the picture, but. Did you have a case resolution for your kid? Can I be honest? No. Yes. No, I have not. <laughs> did he get better with ibuprofen? He did for a few days, and then he came back the next week with a fever, and he was still limping. But his COCA criteria was still zero, so he didn't. He just went to ortho. 
He went to ortho yesterday, actually. So we'll see what they did, say. Did he ever get imaged? Oh, he got lots. He got a lot of X-rays of his yeah. hip, of his hips and knees and feet. And they're all normal. All normal. Well, you can't yes. always get an answer. Listen, we've tried. Right. So, but I think the big takeaways for this is don't focus on, on just ortho causes for hip pain and or in the limping child. You got to consider things like you talked about appendicitis, testicular torsion. Um, but then if you do think it's isolated to the joint, then ruling out septic joint using the Croker criteria can be helpful. All right. Well, I think that's it. Shall we start this episode? Let's take it away. As always, the thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Indiana University School of Medicine or IU Health or any of its affiliates. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately the board exam content can lag behind some of this information. This podcast is focused on giving you the information relevant for the boards. We cannot cover everything, and this podcast is not all-inclusive, but we do hope you learned something that will help you on the boards. All right, now let's dive into this month's episode.